Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of two living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. This week, I bring you my conversation with the voice behind the Mompreneur Mastermind show, Stephanie Gass. Her mission is to encourage female entrepreneurs, guiding them in their understanding of worthiness, success, and balance. Stephanie and I had a wonderful discussion on the power of our words and the ripple effects they have on various facets of our lives. Our internal thoughts permeate our lives in so many ways, and I think we had some really great dialogue on how to challenge the habits we've constructed that rarely, if ever, serve us. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to share the latest rating and review on iTunes. If you haven't gone over to iTunes and left a rating and review, I would so appreciate your feedback and encouragement over there. This review actually comes from minimalist dad, Henry Enelman. He says, the best resource. I love this podcast. Keep it up. It is such a great resource, full of insights and motivation. And now for the interview with Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here, Diane. Yeah, thank you so much for taking some time to join the Minimalist Mom listeners today. I really appreciate it. Of course. I just gave listeners a brief overview of who you are, and I'd like for you to go into a little bit more detail and just who you are, where you live, what it is that you do. Absolutely. So I am like the epitome of the word mompreneur, okay? So I have two littles. I have a five and a half year old and a two and a half year old little boys. I'm also married. So I guess technically I have three, three children. (laughs) I've got a little pug and we live out here in the country right outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I run this female empowerment kind of coaching vision that I have of helping women claim what I call their God-led calling and then monetize it so that they can actually make money doing the things that they were destined to do while also being incredible mamas. Because I truly believe that we as women and entrepreneurs at the depths of our soul can also be successful as parents. So that's what I do. I have a podcast, I coach, and I really educate women in all of those areas. I want to get more into your podcast here in a second, but before we get into that, I want to ask you something that I've asked a lot of our guests recently. Do you consider yourself a minimalist? So I actually consider myself minimalist-ish. Okay. (laughs) I really thought about this question, and I think that I still really love nice things. So I think there's different levels of being a minimalist. I'm sure you would agree. But I don't like clutter. I don't like extra things. I'm constantly purging my life, my mind, my business, relationships that aren't serving me, but I'm, I'm, I'm choosing quality over quantity in all areas of my life. No, I can really relate to that. And we sometimes have mantras here that I release on the Minimalist Moms podcast. And those are just little thoughts that you can think of throughout the week. But one of the ones that I wrote was quality over quantity. So oh, nice. I can really relate to that, uh, especially, I don't know, it's it's hard because sometimes you don't want to buy quality when you have little kids. Um, yeah. But at the same time, if there are things specifically for me, I 
bought myself a pair of Ray-Bans and I have a case for them. I just know these Ray-Bans are going to be with me for the next several years and I really like them. And maybe not everyone would be into that. They would think that they were overpriced and kind of frivolous, but I just would rather have those with this warranty than things that are going to break from the gas station like my dad does. Well, <laughs> yeah. And like, let's get real. If you didn't buy the Ray-Bans, you're buying the dollar store cheapies or the $15 ones. You're not taking care of them because they didn't cost you that much. And so you end up spending more money over the two years than if you just invested in the one thing mm-hmm. that makes you happy and makes you joyful. So I think you shouldn't have to apologize for buying yourself something really nice that brings you a lot of happiness and ultimately is going to save you money, really. <laughs> about yeah, it. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm definitely seeing that with clothes. I know that I've talked about in the past, if you are to purchase a lot of your clothes at Target, not to throw Target under the bus, but they might not be as high quality as something as like a Madewell or an Everlane that might last a lot longer. And then you are having to buy those shirts over and over again. So no, I think that's a very minimalist mentality to have. Yeah, me too. So let's kind of dive into a little bit of your podcast and then we'll get into our main discussion about negative words and how they affect us. But I am curious, how did the Mompreneur Mastermind Show begin? So I won't go too far back, but I've been an entrepreneur for seven years and I think when you kind of feel that initial tug or that initial light that shows up and says, hey, maybe you should try this, you just got to jump and take some messy action to really figure out the ultimate destination. Because I actually got started in network marketing and did amazing in that. Two years in, I was top 1% of the company, the $17,000 months, the cars, the trips, all of it. But for me, it wasn't the right fit. I was working harder at that than I did in my corporate career. And it wasn't fueling me. Everything was at the back burner to to that success, quote unquote, my health, my family, there were zero boundaries. And I I went through this very, I won't even go into that story because that could be an entire interview. (laughs) But I went through this entire like process and it was the darkest season of my entrepreneurial journey, transitioning out of that into what I do now, because as you transition so often, you have your identity tied up in maybe what you do or what you think you you should do or what people, oh, you were so successful in that. Why wouldn't you do it anymore? And so this, I went through this whole identity crisis really, and it took about a year and I just had to get in line with my own self again. And this is where the minimalism comes in because I had to get back to the root of who I wanted to be as a woman, as a mom, as an entrepreneur. And I knew I had this massive calling on my heart. For me, it's from God. And whether that's spirit for you or whatever that means, your higher power, it was opening my heart to what he wanted me to do instead of what I wanted to do. And this like control that I wanted to have over my own journey. So I just relinquished it. I'm like, just show me, like, I'm just going to get back to the root of who I am. So focused on spirituality, lost the weight, got my health back on track, put my family at the forefront again. And then I just said, I'm going to take just a couple of hours for business. And I didn't know what that meant. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And so I just said, I'm just going to take action. I had a newborn at the time and didn't have really any income coming in because I had let the network marketing thing kind of go and started a lifestyle blog. And funny enough, knowing what I do now, I was blogging about things I thought people wanted to hear, like 
how to style your mantle. Mm. <laughs> it's like so funny now looking at who I am now. I'm like this, you know, business, specifically business sales and marketing mentor. And I pair it with spirituality. So I've created this micro niche that um, has really helped me kind of grow to this segment of women that really resonate with me. But at the time, I didn't know what it meant, what I was going to do. So that transitioned then. It didn't really feel right. So it transitioned into YouTube. That didn't really feel right. The content was right because it was business and marketing. But I have little kids. You know, they're running in there talking about poop. I've got my hair. My hair is crazy. I call it wingding hair. It's always sticking out. (laughs) And I'm like, YouTube is not my jam. I'm going to go ahead and transition to Facebook Live. So I tried that. And again, I'm like, I don't want to show up here every day like this. Like, I just want to literally live in my mom buns with, you know, my eyebrows that need to get done. Like, let's get real. I have zero makeup on my face. I'm just hot mess express and I love it. And I don't want to go live every day. So I just wasn't sure. And here's what was happening with the business side. I had this like 30 loyal customers and clients. Like they'd buy everything I put out there. And they were like, I love it. Like you're, you're helping me so much in my business and my mindset. And I'm like, if I can help these 30 women, I know I can help thousands more, but I don't know how to scale. And I'm struggling. I'm on Instagram. I'm over here. I'm over here. And I'm just frustrated. So I just let go. And one night I went to bed and I prayed and I'm like, just show me like, what's, I don't know what's next, but I want to serve more women. I really want to help them Mm -hmm. because I'm hearing these same struggles. The coolest thing woke up. And I, I had the answer. It had literally been planted in my heart overnight. And I woke up and I sat up and I said, I'm starting a podcast. And I, it just literally had been given to me the answer. And I didn't really listen to any. It's like, it truly was a push for me, you know, divine intervention. And that answer came down. And so within a week I had launched a podcast and I'm like, okay, I think I got a staticky mic right here. Let's try it. Like, I don't know. Let's just, let's just show up. So I just started it and it's so cool. Within six months of starting the show, revenue went up 98%. Uh, my, my community compounded by thousands and it was because I was just serving. Like mm-hmm. I just showed up to serve and it just changed everything. So that's how it was born. And I know that was a long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I like to know people's background to see just, it, it's nice to know where other mothers are and what they're doing and what they're capable of and what we can be capable of because we see others doing it. I just think it's encouraging to see because with the baby and like with all these transitions, it sounds like you were having prior to YouTube and leading up to that and to the podcast. I just feel like I can do that too. And I think that's encouraging to hear. And even if you look at it from a minimalist perspective, if you show up on everything, you're not going to stand out on anything, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think toying with all of those different platforms was so good for me because I was able to see which one lights me up the most and then get rid of all the ones that weren't serving me and weren't serving my audience and just pick one to just really pour into because again, quality over quantity, even in your business, even in your platform. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of your platform, I know you talk about a variety of things, but as I was kind of just going through some of your old blog posts and some of your podcasts, you seem to be quite passionate about the way that we speak to ourselves and the negative words in general that we can speak to ourselves. And I know you specifically spoke to this on episode four and 16 of your podcast, so I'll direct people there. But at a very basic level, Do you believe that 
women and moms in particular tend to spend more time in negative self-talk than our husbands or our spouses? You know, I actually do. I think that as women, we have like a totally different perspective on life and we grow up and, and we see this role that women play. And it's this, you do it all. You clean, you cook, you work, you serve, you care for, you have this mothering instinct for not just your kids, but also your significant other, also your friends. And when you have all of that as a woman on your shoulders, you know, how can you not be under the pressures of all of these societal, you know, expectations of you? And we can't do it all. You absolutely cannot do it all. But I think as women, we we decide that if we're not doing it all, we're not successful. We are not worthy. And that's where that negative self-talk comes in. You're telling yourself on a constant basis, well, if I could make more, I could be more happy. If I had more time, I could actually be successful. If I could lose 10 pounds, I would feel worthy of that bikini. If I could look like her, if I could do it like she's doing, and it's all this these self-limiting beliefs that you have actually created or someone else has created and you've allowed that to permeate into your subconscious. So I think that women really just, I see it so much. I don't know how you feel, but I see it so, you know, so much more in women than I ever hear men saying that type of stuff. No, I agree. And as I was thinking of questions to ask you in regards to all of this, I thought about that and just the things that are on my plate that my husband doesn't have on his own plate. And Mm -hmm. I mean, everything that he's doing, I'm definitely not as capable in those areas, but he doesn't have to remember the birthday cards or the play dates or the you're in charge of snack time for preschool. Like it is all these like little things. And I think that when we're juggling and trying to balance all those thoughts in our head, it if we are dropping the ball in one way or another, it does start to like have this negative spiral. So I would definitely agree. Yeah. And that's so true. I think, and we also kind of make excuses or make, um, we feel like because maybe they're more of the small things that we're in charge of, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're less important. So we should hold it inside. Mm -hmm. And when you're holding all of this pressure and all of the to-do list and all of the expectations inside of you, how can that manifest as anything other than negativity? It's resentment. It's, you know, frustration. And then because of all of that inside of you, it's this negative ripple mm-hmm. in every aspect of your life and your health and your well-being and your mental sanity and your then your kids, then your relationship with your spouse. So it's like, don't go there. You got to take back that power. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I just interviewed Renee Fick. She hosts the Karis Project and we were talking about letting go of guilt in motherhood, releasing that guilt. And what we were talking about how I actually forgot the snack for preschool one day and I was able to like (laughs) run out to the store really quick, like during this 10 minute break that Charlotte had, Charlotte's my daughter. And I started going down that road of like, oh, I can't believe you dropped the ball. But then I had to like bring myself back and not allow myself to feel guilty because I'm like, no, you're juggling all this stuff right now. Like give yourself some props. Like you're a good mom and like bring those thoughts back. So my next question for you is 
why do those words that we say to ourselves matter? Like why, why do I need to rein those thoughts back in and not allow myself to feel guilty or not allow myself to allow negativity to run my days? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing I want to say on this is you are allowed to feel any emotion. Mm. So there's that first, because for so long I would stuff down emotion um, never cry. I never saw tears as a child from anyone. So I just thought that's not something that you do. And when you hide emotion, even negative emotion, that will manifest as depression, anxiety, mental health issues, weight gain, all of those things that will actually be detrimental to your physical being and your mental health. So give yourself permission to feel first. And I allow myself the time it would take for me to take a shower. That's my role. So I went, you know, if I'm, if I'm angry or having a moment, I'm like, I'm going to feel into this for a second. Cause I'm allowed to have that emotion, but I'm not allowed to let that emotion rule me and keep me down. I'm allowed to say you're here. I feel you. This was a hard moment, Stephanie. Um, it's okay to be mad about it. Feel into it, punch a pillow, yell, go for a run. What do you need to do? Get it out, get it out of your being, but then you have to reframe it and take control because you can wallow in that for days, for weeks. Mm. You can use that as an excuse to never get back up. So when you recognize it and feel it, the next step is to say, what words am I creating about this feeling or this experience right now or whatever's going on in your life? Because the words you're saying to yourself, whether it's in your head, whether it's coming out of your mouth, is actually shaping your reality. And you can't allow a thought that came from someone else. It came from a parent. It came from society. You heard it on TV. It came from somewhere because our thoughts are typically something that society provides to us. We then take it as truth, even though it's just words. And then you say that thing to yourself over and over again, and it gets embedded in your subconscious. For example, when I was in eighth grade, I wore shorts for the first time. I mustered up the courage. This boy, very popular boy, walked up to me and said, you shouldn't wear shorts. You have cellulite. Mm -hmm. This idea that this boy had from probably his own mother, I don't know, said these words to me that are just words, and it permeated my being. And for the next decade, I hated my legs. I talked, I hate my legs. I'm too fat to wear shorts. Cellulite is bad all of these words started to manifest and it affected my confidence. It affected what I wore for the longest time. And, and then I was putting hate towards my body, which is my most blessed gift. Like without these legs, I can't walk. I can't run. I can't sit. I can't have children. Mm -hmm. I can't play. I can't work out and exercise. And so those words Think about the power of that. This boy, I let him have that much power over my life, okay? So you have to understand that whatever words you're saying is creating your reality and understand what am I saying first in my own head and then stopping that and start by saying, what are the, how can you reframe that in a way that is positive? So actually, Mr. Popular Boy, right, 90 5% of women have cellulite. So I think we should flip the narrative and say that cellulite is actually beautiful because almost every woman has it. I think we should all rock it. I think we should wear short shorts. Like let your cellulite flag fly, sister. <laughs> and, you know, I'm all about that now. 
So those words are super powerful. And then whatever you're saying out loud is almost even more important because you're creating a ripple. Everyone around you is affected by this. And there you go. Like, yes, it matters. That's why it matters because now it becomes your real reality. One more example on on this. So you can really get it for you that are visual. Mm-hmm. I don't have money. We don't, we can't afford that. Money is bad. Money is evil. Oh no, that costs too much. Okay. That human versus I am so excited that the abundance is going to flow to me so I can afford that. I'm so excited to work towards that amazing new car that I've been dreaming of. Oh, you know, sweetie, I'm, I'm sorry. We're not going to buy that today. But if we work really hard and we create a plan, we can, we can get that for you in a month. Like how does, how does that feel? What is the difference between that lifestyle that the person using these negative limiting words is creating for themselves and their family? And this person over here, that's creating nothing but abundance and open doors. Mm. No, gosh, you just gave me so much to think on. I was thinking back to like my own moments that are similar to the things that that boy said to you. And they do. I mean, people don't even understand that the words they say can hold that much impact. mm -hmm. You know, I, I can't imagine maybe I've said something like that to someone along the way. And I don't even know or remember. And it didn't matter to me at the time. But what what kind of impact did I make on them? Like mm-hmm. it's your words are the most powerful thing that you have. Are you creating love ripples or hate ripples? Like mm-hmm. really think about that. Absolutely. Like our internal words to ourselves, but also the words that we speak to others. Cause there are things that I feel like people have said to me in a way that aren't necessarily meaning to be offensive, but I think back to that and not so much anymore, but I mean, I have struggled. I've mentioned on here before with different eating issues throughout my past. And a lot of those were started from someone saying like, Oh, back in your heavy days, it would keep me on this drive to try and stay like as thin as possible for several years. And that wasn't helpful for me, but anyways, I'm going on a tangent. I was just thinking about how those words that someone spoke to me that I then internalized and kept speaking to myself really did play out in my relationship with my husband specifically. But I was thinking about how someone might say to kind of combat what you and I are talking about right now, they might say, well, I'm only saying it to myself, so it doesn't affect anyone else or it won't affect anyone else. But what are your thoughts on this perspective? Oh yeah. Great question. So imagine that you're a rock and that rock gets dropped in the pond and you see so the rock is yourself and it's it's the words that you're speaking to yourself and you get dropped in this pond. You, you can visualize all those ripples going out, right? Mm-hmm. So they're, they're flowing out. And, and even though a mile, a mile away, there's still that tiny ripple. And that is the impact. Your whole mental attitude, your persona, the, the vibe that you give off, so to speak, can have on the entire world around you. It can literally go that far. So for example, my mom from a young age thought she was fat. Okay. And I don't remember her ever saying it out loud, but she would always, I have to change, you know, and so she'd change her clothes and she was very self-conscious no matter what she was wearing. And, and, all of those limiting beliefs for her came from childhood as well. And I don't blame her for that, but she wasn't able to recognize it, that they were just thoughts. They weren't reality. So she went through all of my childhood, very self-conscious. And and I don't remember her saying it out loud, but her simple 
the actions that she took, the way that she hid herself, the way that I never saw her wear a pair of shorts. I never saw her wear a sleeveless shirt. Mm -hmm. That then taught me as a young, impressionable child that women shouldn't feel empowered in their own bodies, Mm -hmm. that we have something to be ashamed of, that there's something wrong with us. And, and I just, that's because that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. So yes, your internal thoughts, they permeate in so many different ways, you know? And if, and think about this too. Now let's flip that script. Let's say that my mom from a young age had been like, I'm my healthiest me. Like I, I run, I eat very healthy. I still have cellulite, but I'm still going to put on shorts. I'm going to wear the bikini. I'm going to talk about self-love and empowerment and show my daughter that no matter what I'm wearing, I can love myself. Talk about the different parts of my body and all the amazing gifts that they're giving me. What if she had done that instead? Mm-hmm. What type of reaction would I have had when the boy said you have cellulite? Would that have actually impacted me? Maybe, but it absolutely wouldn't have, wouldn't have impacted me as deeply as it did because I had this deep rooted belief that for some reason, something's wrong with my body. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I love, we have to combat this in ourselves now so that we don't pass it along to our children. And I was just thinking about someone might not think that what we're discussing right now is necessarily like a minimalist concept, but I think in order to, my, my phrase is to think more and do with less. And I think yeah. doing with less criticism to ourselves and thinking more about this, like we're going to live happier, simpler, more intentional lives. And so that's why I think it's oh. important to address this. Oh my gosh. And, and not only that, like that you are living a more simple, happy life, but everyone around you, mm-hmm. if you're living in the drama and the negative and the self hate and the ridicule and the, and the, Oh, if she does this and it, like all of that is just creating multiple levels of emotion. It's creating multiple levels of confusion for your children. If you have kids, mm-hmm. like just go to your most simple, happy, loving state in everything you do in all the words that come out of your mouth. And yes, it takes practice. And yes, you're going to fail once in a while, but if you try your best to live in that state and anytime you feel that negativity creep in or those negative words, just, just remind yourself, I'm going to speak over this in love and then let it go. Like release that negative thought. It becomes a practice and then it becomes just inherent to who you are and you don't even have to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. No, I totally agree. I know that for me, sometimes it's been helpful to, which I'm going to ask you, this is kind of to wrap up here. My question was for you, um, what are some practical ways that we can implement combating these thoughts from in the day to day? But before I have you answer that, I was just going to say for me, it's been to either journal or note it down and seeing the cycles that I'll get in with this. It's been really helpful to Um, just take note of that and see like, is there a time that I feel more negative? Because then I can, I feel like I can combat it much easier as I see those moments come up. And I know not everyone is that way, but that was something that was helpful for me. So what would you suggest? So I love that advice, that self-reflection is so important because that negative thought, whether you're saying it out loud or you're saying it to yourself, it's coming from somewhere. So you first have to, I love what you just said about sit down with a piece of paper 
And I actually had an answer to this question was to write letters Mm. to yourself. Or if you're angry with someone, have a negative thought about yourself, write a letter to it. And I know this sounds really woo. So I'm sorry if you're like, whoa, we're getting woo here. Mm -hmm. But the deal is you have to get it out of your own body, whether that's a journal, whether it's a letter, whether it's a conversation with a therapist or a mentor or a very positive human being that's in your life, get it outside of you because then you can look at it objectively Mm -hmm. and you can say, why am I feeling this? Why am I saying this? And, and where is that coming from? So you can better understand it. That's the first step. And then the second step is you've got to then reframe it. And this is my favorite thing ever. And it's just reframing a thought because all those negative things are just a thought. It's just, a, it's a simple thought. You're allowing it to, to touch your emotions and you're allowing it to affect you. So you can actually reframe the thought and then reprogram your subconscious. Mm-hmm. And now you've taken your power back. Mm-hmm. So for example, if you're over there saying, you know, I'm a bad mom. Okay. Look at it. Why are you saying this? What, where is that coming from? Do you feel guilty because you're also working? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where it's coming from. Okay. Let's reframe that. Get out a piece of paper, write down and take your power back. I am so grateful that I get to show my children that I can be powerful, successful, and supportive of them. And they get to see both of their parents working and showing up for them, you know, something like that. And say it to yourself every single day, rewiring it, you know, that thought now you can let that go because really it's a beautiful thing that you're doing something for your kids. No, absolutely. And I think that it seems really like either woo-woo, like you said, or simplistic, like, oh, that's not going to help me to sit down and write it out. One, I, maybe I don't have the time to do that. Or two, it's not going to work because it's just writing it down. Like it's still going to be in my thought. Mm-hmm. But I've spoken to people before in regards to some of the eating issues I had. I was finding myself like overeating at night and I yeah. would take the whatever bag or bin or whatever to the couch. And the person that I was seeing at the time was like, why don't you just seat at the table? You can take that same thing, but go to the table, get out of your habit, break it. And basically mm-hmm. my whole point in that, I didn't do it for the longest time because I was like, no, that's stupid. That seems too easy. That's not going to help me. Like I'm still going to overeat at the table. It seemed so simplistic and yet it was so hard to do. So my point is like, even though it may seem like it might not be beneficial, once you actually do do that, it kind of gets you out of that train of thought that you've programmed. Like you said, we have these, I don't really, I'm not, I don't know much about the brain, but we do have these pathways that over time, if we're continually being in that, we're digging circles in our minds. And so like we have to intentionally rewrite those circles because we've already built them. And so even though, again, sitting at the table may have been really simplistic for me, it was like my, my pathway, it was just like, nope, you grab the food, you go to the couch. Breaking that habit was really hard to intentionally do. So that's so amazing. I love that. Just breaking that habit and getting out of that same comfortable rut. And that rut can be you always gossip or you always tell yourself this lie constantly over and over, or you're always overeating or you're making excuses for why you can't blank, blank, blank. Just maybe, yeah, maybe shift up that routine because everything is just simply a habit. Me telling you to rewire the thought, it's a habit because you're going to say it over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you guys, when I wrote letters to, I wrote letters to people I needed to forgive 
I wrote letters to myself when I went through that big business transition. I wrote so many letters and I didn't give them, thank the Lord, to these people. But just getting them out of me, it was the most transformational piece of my healing process that I went through that entire year. Mm -hmm. So try it and let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple other things I was thinking about as we were speaking is if you aren't someone that feels as though writing is beneficial to you, some people might be into like deep thought, meditation might be helpful or affirmation, speaking things out loud. I know there's a lot to be said about the words that we speak out loud as well. So these are just things that are coming to mind as we're kind of wrapping up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If you need a video, and then delete it when you're done. Mm-hmm. You know, if you just need to talk to someone, just that I think the biggest release is getting it outside of you. Hmm. Can't hold it in. It it turns into everything bad that you could think of. And that's like why I think so many women struggle with anxiety and, and depression and overwhelm and all of those is because they're holding every single emotion and limiting belief and negative thought all inside mm-hmm. instead of getting it out so they can heal it. Yeah. And that's where that track that you have set in your mind is broken. So absolutely. So good. Well, this has been really wonderful speaking to you about this. I've really appreciated your wisdom in this area. Oh yeah. I'm so, I'm so glad that I was able to come on and it such a fun conversation. Yeah. Something different. I love it. Yeah. So to end our conversation, I wanted to ask you something that I've been asking every guest. And the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA what is your minimalist moment of the week? So my favorite minimalist moment of the week is once a week, I social media detox completely. And this is just because I am an online entrepreneur, I have to be on social media all the time. And it's so emotionally draining. And so I actually delete the apps from my phone. I like to do the entire weekend, but I try to at least do once a week. And the beauty of this is, here's where we go back to what you just said, you break the habit. And I love doing that. I highly recommend it for all of you to try it. You will survive without your apps for a day. And if you really need it, you can go log in on the computer, but it will really force you to be so intentional. Absolutely. I did that for a month about a year ago on Sundays, and I couldn't believe – I'm a big reader, but I couldn't believe how much more I – even more I read during that Sunday because I was like, oh, I can't use my social media to distract me. So, And yeah, and isn't that amazing? Like we literally turn – and again, it's a habit to go in there, and then you get lost. Yeah. So you're breaking the habit, and then you're back to reality. And I think especially in today's day and age – your reality is calling out to you and you're just ignoring it. And it's just super sad to me. So no, it is the pros and cons of social media. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Well, and then what is something you can't stop talking about? Something I can't stop talking about. Oh gosh. There's a lot of things that (laughs) I'm a talker, as you guys know, uh, can't stop talking about a lot of things, but recently, I guess something that was really cool to me is that I started outsourcing things in my business. And when I think about living a minimalist life in your business, I think about how can I simplify, streamline, and automate? Mm -hmm. Because you only have so many hours in your day and you want to spend those hours doing the things that are really fueling you. So I finally let go of my, you know, control freak (laughs) tendencies and 
I let go and I actually got someone to fully deal with the podcast for me, editing all of those things. And I also got somebody, uh, an assistant to help me with the email and all of the correspondence and the interviews and all of that. And I have to say, letting go of that was like the best decision ever because I can breathe. Like Mm -hmm. there's so much more time and space in, in my day. So streamlining the pieces of your life that aren't serving you that you can afford to outsource. And even if you think you can't afford it, you can get resourceful. There are so many options out there for really, you know, non, non-expensive ways for people to help you to create more time in your day and your business. No, absolutely. This has been such a great conversation, as I said, and I really appreciate you coming on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. What did you think of the interview with Stephanie? It was definitely a little more vulnerable and transparent than I had expected it to be, but I think that that can sometimes be more helpful to hear where someone else is coming from as you grow through your own habits. So I challenge you this week to think about some of the things that Stephanie and I had talked about in regards to the habits that we've created and the circles that we've dug in our minds and that negative self-talk track that you have going on. Start combating those words, and I know that you'll see progress. I invite you to keep the conversation going by visiting minimalsmomspodcast.com. There you'll find the links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey, and I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.